Welcome everybody to episode three of Stub Me Down. My name is Skinny. I'm here with my buddy JW. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about another show. We're really excited. If you're not following us on social media, please do so at stub underscore me underscore down on Instagram and Twitter. Last episode, we talked about 8, 12, 15. Great show in Philly. We got another show in store for you right now. Apparently, uh, we might have to make some apologies for our last episode. JW, you want to talk about any of those apologies or uh, we don't have any? You good with it? Well, first of all, what's up, everybody? Thanks for checking us out again. Man, so we've made it to our third episode. And once again, as I was reflecting back on our work, I thought, man, there could be somebody out there that loves Character Zero. That could be, Skinny, their favorite song in the Fish catalog. It could be. So I was thinking about it and I thought, man, you know, maybe we should just address this controversy at the beginning of the episode. And if Character Zero is one of your favorite songs, I apologize if my comments about Character Zero in episode two may have offended you. Um, I do understand that everybody likes something different. Maybe your name is Mulcahy and you think the song is about you. Maybe you are having an internal debate about whether to go fast or to go slow. Whatever it is, during these troubling times, I certainly don't want to alienate anybody or make you feel bad. So if Character Zero is a preferred song for you and you took offense at episode two and my rantings about character zero, I sincerely apologize and I hope we can move forward. Uh, great. I'm glad that you're apologizing to people that don't need to be apologized to. <laughs> because uh, plenty of times we're going to run into that character zero and, you know, it's just who he is. He doesn't like it. If you don't like it, it's okay. Uh, I'm not going to give you what I think about Character Zero just because I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> so, hey, listen, let's let's get back into episode three. So uh, tonight's show, I'm really uh, excited. And uh, I, I think there will be many people that will be hard-pressed to argue I don't know. Everything that happens in the show, there's, there's, not, there's not much. So are you ready to be stubbed down? Yes, I absolutely am. And I am really excited for this one. I will, I will say this, talking with my wife a little bit earlier, Megan, and I said, oh man, episode three, we've got a great show. And she looked at me and she goes, do you know you sound like after every Seinfeld episode, and you say, oh, that's a great episode of Seinfeld. Um, but I am super excited for this. So, Skinny, let's uh, let's do it. Stub me down. All right, man. So here it is. 6-29-2000, Homedell, New Jersey. My boy J-Dub's hometown, I mean, literally like five minutes up the road. So great. <laughs> Especially after the show. Really takes like five minutes. 
my second fish show ever. I am super excited to talk about the show. JW, you want to tell everybody out there how this is going to work? I think they already do from episodes one and two, but maybe they don't and they're still confused. <laughs> well, that could be, but just to make sure that everybody understands what our what our format is here. So Christian and I keep a stack of ticket stubs and we are randomly selecting. He's stubbing me down today, so I'm going to talk to him a little bit about this particular show, this 629-2000 show. Uh, it does hold a special place in my heart. It was my 14th show, so not too far ahead of, of Skinny in his show numbers, but my hometown venue, so it was cool to... Christian and I had only been friends for just about a year at that point, so it was cool to bring him to my hometown. We did a bunch of cool things. I'll let him talk about that, but really a very good couple of nights here in New Jersey. So basically we'll we'll take a look at the set list. I got a couple of things I'm going to ask Christian about this show because there is a ton of shit to talk about when it comes to this particular show. You're happy that I pulled this one, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Well, it it's it's funny too because I was thinking about when the last time I had listened to either of these shows and it really wasn't that long ago when I was getting ready to write that thing for your 100th show in New York this past December. I went back and I listened to these first two shows that you saw. Most of the shows they were playing were, were still pretty good. They were still, I think, vibing a little bit off of big Cypress. And so you got in at a good time. Of course, the first hiatus starts four months later, so you only got what four shows out of that. I got five actually. We'll we'll get back to that. Like I did get five in there. Which come on, I forgot about that Hershey in in September. <laughs> yeah. Hershey Highway. Everybody forgets about that one. <laughs> but this this show is it's super fun. A, a lot of great things to talk about. Any context you want to provide about night one, anything like that before we get into the things I wanna I wanna touch on with you? I do, Dubs. I, I have a lot to say about the show, but I'll I'll put it kind of like in a barrel, I guess, and throw it over the Niagara Falls or in the Hudson. Either way. So uh Josh and I just met probably the summer before, started talking about music, yada yada yada. Seinfeld reference, we get back into uh, talking about music. We'd seen a couple shows together, and then he was like playing fish in his car. Now, at this time, I'm living in Baltimore City. I don't have a car, and I certainly don't have a stereo system to play it in. And he's playing a bunch of fish, which I had heard about but never heard. So I think the best thing for me was is that I was turned on to it. So once you start to hear it, you know, you have an affinity for certain songs. Maybe you have well, less of affinity for other songs. I mean, I, I think that's the way that music kind of goes. Josh, would you agree with that? I would. Some things sound very pleasing to your ear and to your soul, and some things are character zero. <laughs> and we'll talk about that again. This episode is not called Character Zero. So... <laughs> 
let's just fast forward probably about six or seven months into the summer. And Josh is like, listen, my parents live in New Jersey. Uh, they live very close to Homedale. You got to check these guys out. We went. The first night, I just remember that the feeling outside and the crowd of everybody trying to get into Homedale, which is, if you've been there, it's kind of a small arena. It's not the biggest of arenas. It's not like a, even spread out like a Merriweather where you can come in at different entrances. There's pretty much like two entrances, entrances, excuse me. And then in those entrances, like it was just packed like lemmings and we we're all trying to get in. I was like, wow, man, they are super stoked about this band. And people were really stoked. Like I remembered back going to indoor arenas to see the Grateful Dead. So of course, the second night, my fever had reached a certain pitch and this show didn't disappoint. So Josh and I were new friends. It was a new venue for me. Uh, and quite frankly, I had been out of the game of music and, and, and touring and seeing music over the summer for quite a while. So my context is this is my second show ever seeing fish and I don't really know much, but at the end of it, I felt like I knew quite a bit. That's my context. <laughs> Is that good enough for you? <laughs> you you, you want to get into it a little bit? You want to take a look at this first set here? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. So they opened the show with Funky Bitch, Sun Seals cover. Uh, Wilson was the second tune out of the box. There was a really nice, uh, not quite 13 minute limb by limb, Drowned coming in in the fourth position at uh, just over 18 minutes and probably just one of the most beautiful sags. You didn't even know what was happening from Drowned into rock and roll that closed the set. And yes, that is a five song first set. Harking back to episode two, we had a five song second set. Now we're looking at a show with a five song first set. Two things that I want you to touch on. First of all, you're coming into the fish scene most recently having been in the Grateful Dead scene. And what was your overall impression? And you can certainly bring in some anecdotes from night one as well. I think that's certainly relevant here. What was your impression of fish, the scene? the environment, the energy coming from the Grateful Dead, which at that point had been around, or they had been gone for five years, but certainly a 30-year band, old school, a lot of older people coming into this seemingly young crowd. What was your first or second kind of impressions as you went through those those first couple shows? Man, that's like... Uh, probably the question that I wish I would have asked myself back then, like, what do you think? And I think I was doing that. Um, I remember being at the gates and it was crowded and people were happy to get in. I remember certain spring tour shows, specifically probably like 93, again, for old school, like Grateful Deadheads or like 93, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> For me, you know, I was like 22 years old in the spring, you know what I mean? So it, it was the height of like going to that for me and they were still around. So you, you, you caught on and you just kept going until it was over. So when we went to those shows, I, I would have to say that I felt like it was just glorious to be in that type of vibe where everybody wanted to get in. Uh, and I remember that 
specifically about the Grateful Dead. Like if you weren't in, you were out. And that was a completely different thing. In the show and out of the show in the lot is a huge dynamic. And I never wanted to be in the opposite side of that dynamic. I never wanted to be outside of the show. And that happened to me before. So I felt that when we were walking in, definitely night one, uh, it was a lot of hooting and hollering, you know, is like packed in like, you know, cattle and you're trying to get in, getting searched down and, and that, that's all good. But I definitely felt that dynamic. And I think that question is so good. And that had nothing to do with the music. I just remember getting in and being like, man, I'm so happy to be in. I, I, I'm so happy to be in. And I had no idea what they were gonna play or anything about that. I had no idea about their set list. I had no idea. I knew it was one set, two set encore, but I had, beyond that, had no real idea of like how they would take off, so. I do remember those lines getting in those two nights were a clusterfuck. I mean, it was hot. I remember it was hot in the end of June that year. I believe we had parked on this night a little bit closer to the venue, and so I think we had hung out maybe a couple of extra beers at the car. The sardine feel of trying to get into the venue, and there's that nervous anticipation, that excitement that everybody's kind of vibing on, and who else knows what else they're vibing on as well. So there's that, there's that palpable energy, and to come in and have a five song first set. Now, granted, the set was not very long. It was a, about an hour's worth of music, which by first set standards is a little bit short, probably a half hour, 40 minutes short. The centerpiece of this set has got to be the 18 minute drown. How do you feel about fish covers, especially when they take something like Drowned, great Who song, Quadrophenia, and take a deep dive like that and what were your you know we talked a little bit about length it's not all about the length skinny <laughs> you're always about time and length but to, to experience this what was your impression of hearing a, a who song the way they did it the way they jammed it out give me a little bit of comments especially on that drowned maybe touch on even the, the seg into rock and roll that was was smooth as butter all right well just to talk about the drown you have to go back i mean that's a long time for me that's 20 years almost a month from now a month from tomorrow it's 20 years ago so like it's a lot of peaks and valleys they were doing that all over this uh entire second night i even go back to that limb by limb which that's not to be denied either. And I think that's kind of what got that drowned going. And then that drowned is really, you know, uh, for a novice listener, like an 18 minute drown, you might recognize that. I think it takes a long time for any type of fan to, to, to realize like what they're hearing. So it's a lot of go back to, and that's one I had to go back to. Uh, Rock and roll, that's awesome. And that's that's kind of a, a long end to that set too. But the drowned, if you go back and listen to that, that's something that in the beginning of it, you might not be sure what you're hearing. And then you recognize it. Oh, that's Quadrophenia, that's The Who. And then they diverge into all kinds of different jams in that. 
Um, that is one that's not to be denied, but you know, at my initial fandom, PH, by the way, so dumb. If my initial, like, I would have never known that's what they were able to do with a drown. I mean, to me, that's obviously the song of the set. That that would be something I would say you have to listen to that. And then, you know, I I'll, I'll go back to episode two with the one A one A one B two C bullshit <laughs> and say the limb by limb is my two B C three. Like uh, you know, but five song first set like I I didn't know that even existed. So I had no. I think the best part for me, just to talk about that, and especially the drown, I had no identification with whatsoever from this set to 94 before that. I, I don't know. I can't compare because that was my second show. But then there was a realization, and that's all I'm going to say about that drown. When I listened back to the Limb by Limb drowned, it was awesome. Mike was really driving the train. I believe, if I recall correctly, the big in the lot was that it was a short set it was just an hour but I think that they really used that first set to tee up second set which is where I would like to move us along to so just to review the first set it won't take me very long we had a funky bitch to start off we went from that into Wilson nice 12 minute version of limb by limb followed by drowned and drowned segging just seamlessly into rock and roll to close down that first set. So the second set opens with the birds of a feather into catapult, into heavy things, into sand, into meat stick, cities, a very brief walk away, antelope, Frankenstein, they close out the second set with a Waiting in the Velvet Sea, which I thought was a little bit of an interesting choice. The Encore. <laughs> Can't get rid of it. For anybody that might think that we are really staging and cherry-picking the shows that we are doing on Stub Me Down, I want to say this to you. Each of the three shows so far of Stub Me Down, episode one, uhs, ums, and you knows. Episode two, what's wrong with character zero? And episode three, 629-2000, all have a character zero in the set. If anybody's out there being like, oh, they're just cherry picking the shows, I would never in a million years look at a show with the character zero and be like, I wanna talk about that. Now, they are all great shows, but anyway, moving on. So the Birds of a Feather catapult heavy things, really nice start of about 25 minutes. The Birds of a Feather had a really deep jam at about eight or nine minutes in. What I want to ask you about, Sand, sitting right there that they went into from heavy things, made it almost about 20 minutes. It's dark and dirty and evil as a motherfucker. Once I heard that, I was immediately hooked. It's very difficult to become unhinged, but once I heard that version of it, and I'm glad that I did, unhinged. My interpretation of who they were as a band was immediate that, I, like, I, okay, I get it. 
and shit, you might have said it when we were sitting in my parents' driveway reflecting on the show after we got back, but you said that it was like creeping through a back alley in the middle of the night. As I recall, there have been times where you have not only said that, but you have acted out what it felt like to be creeping through that alley while listening to this trippy jam that the band is pushing forward in this particular version of Sand, which mirrored some of their earlier versions. It definitely mirrored a little bit of Big Cypress version. Sand looks a little bit different now, 20 years later, than it did back in this time period. But that description of this song always stuck with me. And at this point, I had seen Fish. This was my 14th show. So I had maybe seen. This maybe was my fourth, maybe my fifth sand. But your description of it and the feeling that you shared about it at the time and over time has always stuck with me very deeply. And a central part of the feeling that I have, that I just was never able to put to words. You did it effortlessly at the time. And since then, whenever we talk about this particular show or this run of shows, the first thing that is mentioned is the sand. And there's a lot of other good things, the drowned, but this sand was the absolute highlight for me out of these two shows. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just remember that this was probably the song that hooked me. I felt, I did feel like I was in a dark alley listening to a band like completely out of control. Like my life is out of control. It's dark, it's dank, it's evil. And I do remember that because the pit for that jam, especially from Mike, was bottomless. It felt like home. And I had just met you and we'd just become friends and this this set definitely felt like, okay, now I'm 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 back into something. Because it had been a couple years before I was really honed into anything musically and, and I'm I'm definitely appreciative of that. To start seeing shows with you it was huge. I had been in well, I went to college in Baltimore. I before that I had been seeing fish with a college girlfriend and when that didn't work out I found myself with a bunch of extra tickets and I was gonna go it didn't matter to me I was I'd go by myself I don't care but when you and I started talking a little bit about Grateful Dead we went to the Phil and Friends Tower show we went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers show and we really what amounted to just a few months we saw a couple shows we traveled together it worked out well there was a comfortability i think that we both felt with each other seeing shows like this i think really was a great experience for me to make some new friends because at that point none of my college friends listened to this kind of music i was all by myself on that island to be able to say, hey, I've got some tickets to see Fish. You want to go? And you jumped right on it. I, I couldn't have been 
happier that things worked out the way they did. Interestingly enough, we go from this deep, dark, back alley sand into a meat stick where Trey actually was improvising the lyrics because a bunch of people had run up on stage. And so he was saying, you know, there's no song about Languedoc and there's no song about Corota, but there's a song about Greeny. And they're doing the meat stick dance. And if you look at the band, from those two perspectives, that's a pretty different band. One that's doing a very deep, dark, dirty jam. And then the next minute they're trying to do a audience participation group dance that they had started the year before so that they could break the world record number of people doing a dance that the Macarena had set. And so really a 180, I guess. It's not a 360, because then they'd be back to the deep and dark shit. But a 180 on deep, spacey, crazy part into something much more lighthearted, something much more goofy and fun. What was your first impression of that? If you can recall, I know it was 20 years ago, but something like that would stand out, especially as they melt out of this sand and into a song about time for the meat stick yeah and a lot of people fucking hate that song and you know that's the same thing with like character zero but i find this funny i connected to it <laughs> i connected to it because number one they were doing the japanese version which was the first time they ever did that and then that was kind of weird because they had just gotten back from a tour from in japan and then here i'm in like home down new jersey seeing this and then there were people that were like doing the Atamata Shack and they had their hand going around their head and so they had like kind of a scripted dance to it and everybody was having fun with it because just prior to that too everybody was getting down on the lawn so it doesn't really matter to me like when you get down just the fact that you do so what I was thinking was like wow they just keep finding different ways to get down my first initial thought was like this is like Crazy. I, I don't know who came up to dance. Um, it was somebody's wife. Who's Sophie? I don't know who Sophie is. Sophie means somebody to somebody. <laughs> right? And so, but it was fun. 
And so, I, I don't know, I equated like the back alley shit with, okay, well this next thing is fun. And then I'm pretty sure they did a Cities too. Then they do a Frankenstein. I was blown away. I have to say, I think that the second show for me, um, and I've listened to the first, we can pull that another time, but the second show for me, I really believe sold. I, I think that's what it was. So to answer that question, um, how did I feel about that transition or what was being played? I think I was hook, line, and sinker after that because I was having a lot of fun. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I remember that vividly. We did have a lot of fun those two nights. And from the meat stick, you're right. They, they do the cities. They do just a brief walk away. And then they drop an antelope that clocked in over 15 minutes, followed by Frankenstein. And then with all of that, I'm fine to excuse a Waiting in the Velvet Sea to close the show and a Character Zero to Encore. The, the second set was was pretty dope and, and very meshed from the very beginning until really about the walk away. The birds of a feather to open up that second set. The sun's going down, it's summer, flocking outside. It was the first time I'd saw, you know, I'd seen, sorry for the verb choice, everybody be like, flocking outside and everybody's hands are up and it's summertime man how can you go wrong with that and it is a slamming version of that into that catapult i don't know i'm so glad i pulled this one <laughs> me too i definitely as i said i had listened to this back in end of november december and Getting back to this show again today was it was a lot of fun and one that I'm going to keep bookmarked because it's definitely worth revisiting. I was still pretty new too. I had I had absorbed a lot of music and was still learning some things. I knew a good probably 75% of the catalog at least by then. So there were still some things new to me, but opportunity to go and see these shows with you was really kind of like starting over with fish for me in a way because it opened the door to now having some friend no matter what the circumstances that would be ready and willing to suit up and go see this band i remember how much excitement we built up between this and the next shows that we saw no doubt and that's a story for another time as well we always say that but that's why it's called Stub Me Down. All right. Uh, well, um, so let me just review the second set. Um, I'll just review the whole show since it wasn't lengthy as far as total number of tunes. Only 16 tunes played, which, as we mentioned in episode one, they average about 20 to 24. So definitely a little bit shorter on the song selection. But the first set, we have the Funky Bitch, Wilson, Limb by Limb, Drowned, Rock and Roll. And then set two, Birds of a Feather, Catapult, Heavy Things, Sand, Meat Stick, Cities, Walk Away, Run Like an Antelope, Frankenstein, Waiting in the Velvet Sea, and Zero. <laughs> so with that, um, Skinny, any uh, last thoughts on your second show, Seeing Fish, June 29th, 2000, at the venue formerly known as the Garden State Arts Center? My first show there was like John Cougar, John Cougar, Mellencamp, or John. I don't know if he had the Cougar or he didn't have the Cougar at the time. I also saw um, 
Faster Pussycat and White Snake. In like 1989 or 1990, that was one of my first um, ever concerts. But a uh, lot of lot of good shows that I've seen at Home Dell. But any final thoughts on this one uh, for the people? My final thought is this: We actually, unfortunately, I have to talk about my white privilege. When sailing, not <laughs> just dad under the uh, under the World Trade Center but not really under it, you know, going towards Coney Island, a little bit in front of the Statue of Liberty, but uh, it was a gorgeous day, it's summer. I'll never forget that. That was the last time that I saw the towers up. And then, you know, literally, you know, just about a year later, uh, they were gone. So it was really like ingrained in my memory, like being in that area. What bay, is that a bay or is that part of the Hudson River? What is that, Josh? You know, we were sailing in Sandy Hook Bay, which is off of Atlantic Islands, New Jersey, but that opens up into Raritan Bay, which then connects into New York Harbor under the Verrazano Narrows. And if you go out, uh, Sandy Hook is the basically the northern tip of the beaches part of New Jersey, and that goes out into the Atlantic Ocean. So we were sailing around in Sandy Hook Bay. Um, I don't think we made it quite to the Verrazano, and the World Trade Center was always there. I do remember, I do remember my old man saying uh, something along the lines of, "Get off your ass and do some work. This isn't a pleasure cruise." When we were when we were heading out, let me tell you what he said. I grabbed the beer out of the galley. I guess is that the galley? <laughs> and I walked up. And you know, I took my shirt off like I'm gonna get a tan. He said, what are you gonna sit there looking pretty all day? <laughs> Apparently sailing is a lot of fucking work, but I will never forget that because it was a beautiful day. Uh, and it was literally the last time I saw that view and to be that close. And then probably about a year and a half later to see that, but started like taking on a deep dive towards sadness. But the happy part is I saw it and the show was great. It was just amazing being up there. If you've never been up there, uh, I highly suggest being up in that part of the country. It's just amazing. So yeah, those are my final thoughts. Yeah, I'll just wrap up by saying, if you haven't checked out these shows, I highly recommend it. And again, just like episode two, where we talked about the second night of a two night run in Philly, this was the second of a two-night run in Jersey. Go and listen to both nights. You're not going to be disappointed. You're definitely going to find some nuggets in there that will get you amped up. And it's the end of the the 1.0 era, the last summer tour, and they were still they were still hitting pretty hard. Um, I will I, I will end on uh, this note. Today is Memorial Day. Anybody out there who maybe has lost a loved one in service of our nation, uh, we thank you for your sacrifice. We remember those that given all for us. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing, go to concerts, without the service and sacrifice of those that have given the ultimate. And certainly talking about 9-11 and, and the, the people that went and, and stood up for us after that. Yeah, it's important to it's important to remember. And uh, we're trying to have fun and keep it light. But I would be remiss if we didn't if we didn't take a minute and and say thank you. JW, that's great, man. We're uh, happy to be able to celebrate as Americans and uh, our social media. 
is stub underscore me underscore down. That's also on Instagram and Twitter. If you guys want to check us out there, we'd really appreciate it. We're going to see you on the next episode. We're going to get you out of your shitty seats. And we're going to stub you back down to the path. Later. Later.